Shivani, we bout to party, we bout to party, unrestricted, got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. I'm Aubrey Edwards here with my special co-host and wonderful friend, Alex Abrahentes. How are you, Alex? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. It's always great to be here with you. Of course. It's always great whenever Tony Schiavone's like, hey, I've got all this shit I'm doing because I'm super busy and I'm like a high-level executive now. So He needs a clone. We need to make that happen. He does too much backstage and everybody loves him. And yep. it's just like, I can't be mad at the guy. I can't be mad, especially when it means I get to hang out with you. So it's perfect. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I'm super excited to be talking to our guest because listen, I got to tell you, Aubrey, I'm going to put my personal feelings aside based upon what's happened in the past for this interview <laughs> because we're on opposite sides of the fence. You know, she's done some deeds to some of my friends. This is neutral ground. We'll put that to the side. This is neutral ground. I'm going to keep it profesh. Profesh. All right. Yeah, profesh. we've got Julia Hart here today. Miss Spooky. Hey, guys. Which, I don't know. <laughs> hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How about you guys? Good. Uh, before we get into the meat of the interview, I recently learned you know how to play the lu- ukulele. I do. Yeah, me too. What is this about? Yeah. Okay. Please tell us everything. Like, when did you pick it up? How long have you been playing? Like, what can, what can you play? Like, So, my dad... I think in a perfect world would like me to play the electric guitar. And he bought me an amp. He bought me a Hello Kitty guitar when I was like six. I couldn't play much. I was not succeeding very well. It's really hard to play the electric guitar. My dad can go crazy on it, but me, oh my gosh, it's hard. So I was like, I do love music and instruments. So the ukulele, four strings, super easy. You can learn three chords and make any song. So I think when I was probably like in fifth grade, I asked my parents for a ukulele and they're like, if you do this amount of chores, we'll get you a ukulele. So then I got a little purple ukulele when I was younger and I just like... You got to pack that thing with you and bring it backstage. I think that'd be a nice little like, Ooh. oh, dude, I imagine those travel pretty well. Yeah, they're so easy. They're just so little and cute and just so easy to play. I have an idea. How about... During one of your entrances, you play the House of Black theme song on your ukulele as you walk to the ring. I've I've thought about it. That seems like pay-per-view entrance to me. Me sitting crisscross, just or like I've been trying to play twist a nerve on it and like making it sound as creepy and spooky as possible. So I think I could make it work. I think it would be a really cool visual. I think you can make it work, no doubt. Definitely. <laughs> we got so much to talk about because you're such a unique individual and you have done a complete 180 since you first came into AEW. Yeah. And we saw you as this effervescent, just fun-loving girl who was just happy to be there. You were the cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you're completely the opposite. You've gone to the dark side, pun intended. Yeah. So tell us about that evolution. What is it like for you to be in this new role? How does it feel? Oh, my gosh. I, words can't explain how much I'm obsessed with my new character being a cheerleader I was a competitive cheerleader for six years and you guys I was so over it I was so over cheerleading and being on the sideline and cheering for someone else 
I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sick of what I'm doing. I'm like not even creative anymore with it. I did have a lot of ideas of where we could have gone with that, but I just needed something different and new and a different side of me that I can pull from. And it's crazy how being with the House of Black, how creative everyone is and just being around that environment of those people. And I'm constantly learning from all of them. It's just such a new environment that I needed as like, a young little rookie I'm just constantly learning and excited to do things with them so it's really great it's if you would have told me I was joining House of Black a year ago I'd be like you're crazy what I'm gonna do something like that like it's just a dream I love it I'm obsessed with everything that we do so I think it's been really good for your career i mean you kind of touched on this like growing as a character and a wrestler a little bit and like getting to share the ring with you i've told you multiple times like i feel like some of the matches you've had recently are definitely your best yeah and i think part of that is just being paired with people who have so much experience Mm -hmm. not to be a slide on griff or you know pillman in any sort of way yeah but they're so they're very young too so right i'm with these guys who've been like malachi's been in business for like 22 years is that a dog toy? Sorry, that's <laughs> a dog. <laughs> oh, you got to bring him on camera. If we hear him, we have to see him. That's the rule on Unrestricted. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and she, of course, she brought it to me. Play with me. Aww. <laughs> what was I saying? No, I lost my train of thought. Uh, Working with like Malachi and Buddy yeah, and Brody. With Pillman and Griff, we were all so young and so all new biz- to the business and not really knowing what to do or how to do it. So now that I'm with the guys that know how to do things and can tell me what way is the right way, which way is the wrong way. It's like, and they're like right by my side the whole time watching my every move and making sure I'm doing my best. And I feel like I'm finally doing my best. So I'd always come back and be like, oh my gosh, like I can't even watch myself. But now I'm like, I want to watch myself because I think I'm cool now. <laughs> it's like, oh, I look cool there. Oh, I look scary. I'm like, heck yeah. Well, can we talk about one area or one thing that you did, with, which was really cool, it was these vignettes with Miro. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Miro, another man who's got tons of experience. And you got yourself in a little bit of trouble with Miro's wife, CJ. So tell us all about that. What was it like doing these vignettes, the ramifications of that, and how you felt that went? My favorite part of wrestling is how creative everyone can be. So seeing Miro get on his creative side of how he visualized this vignette was really cool and being a part of it and how he wanted to do it. I didn't even think about his wife when I was doing it. I didn't even realize I was just being Julia Blackheart in the moment, you know, like feeling out. And then I saw it on Twitter and I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) Is this going to be a thing? If it is, I'm ready. Like, let's go. (laughs) I have no problem. I represent the house and, we're always ready for violence so if that's what you wanted but i think everything is smoothed over now i haven't heard much from it anymore but i really like just the casual mention of like well yeah we're ready for violence it's yeah fine. We're on- <laughs> it's like- <laughs> another day in the house just like morning coffee just like you know we might do violence today it's fine <laughs> um, uh, yeah a little bit of violence i know she said she's like she wanted to body slam me and i was like okay be ready for a super kick or a moonsault. I don't know, whatever. I, <laughs> you know. So a couple of the things that are really like unique to House of Black is like the entrance. They have the the coolest friggin' entrance that we do, yep. like with the lights and everything just turns pitch black, and then you guys suddenly like appear somewhere else. And what was it like the first time 
putting together an entrance like that when you officially joined the group? Well, I'd always seen them do it. And I always thought it was so cool. I remember they asked me, it's always like, okay, who wants to stand where? Who wants to do what? They just kind of, I don't know, they just like threw me in. And I was just like, okay, this is what we're doing. They're like, follow us. And I'm like, okay, whatever you guys need me to do, I'm there for. So I don't know, they just threw me in and the lights cut out. And next thing you know, I can't see and I'm trying to appear in the next spot without being able to see. So yeah, I will say the entrances are harder than people think and not knowing where you're really going. And like, I think one time me and Brody actually collided. <laughs> a week ago, I was going this way. He was going that way. And we were like, move, move, move. I was like, oh, ah, ah. <laughs> this is going on. Oh my gosh. It's dark and I can't see. But yeah, I think it's so cool. I think an entrance is one of the most important parts of people's whole thing. So having a cool entrance is definitely... And now I feel like I finally have a cool entrance. So it's, I love watching my entrance. It's not just about the entrance, your whole look, right? You've completely changed the look. You've got the eye makeup. Was it, was it challenging to work around the eye patch that you wore for so long? Okay, yeah, the eye patch was an eyesore, literally an eyesore. My eye hurt because I had to focus more. I think the first match I wrestled with was with Jade. That was my first match and with the eye patch. And I was just like oh my gosh, Jade, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I think I went to go throw something or duck something. And I literally said, I can't see. Oh no. In that moment, I'm just like a little cheerleader with one eye. I was like, Jade should kill me. <laughs> like she's so dominant. She should just kill me at this point. But I wondered <laughs> with my new character, me and Jade in the ring would be like now, because she, she had me at a not very good stage. <laughs> oh, mm. my strongest. So I wonder what it'd be like now of my strongest Jade. I agree. I think that would be pretty dope. Just like, I know you've grown as a wrestler. I, you yeah. have so much more confidence in your character. She is well, right? Like she's, yeah, she's definitely. had so many more matches under her belt. I think bringing yeah. back two people that wrestled previously, once they've kind of found themselves, I guess is the way to say that. Like, absolutely awesome. So I would be like, Hey, Paul, I need to, I need to ref that. Please <laughs> let me in on that one. How did you find out you were going to be a part of House of Black? Because I know that this kind of like happened over the course of like a number of months. Like you had had the eye patch, the makeup, it's kind of started to grow yeah. when you were still with Varsity Blondes. Like how did this whole conversation start? Oh my gosh. I was sitting on those stairs for months. Because yes. <laughs> I actually didn't know. I didn't ever know. I was like, is it actually ever going to happen? I was like, I'm just going to keep doing me. And hopefully, like, we have to do something with this. Like, I'm not going to let this just, like, go to waste. Like, this was a big moment. You know, when it happened, when Malachi missed me, when it happened, I was really like, I think I want to do something different. And him missing me could create a whole story of me joining the House of Black. So I think I told Jerry Lynn, I was like, Jerry, what would you think if I joined House of Black or joined Malachi? And he was like, I think that'd be cool. And I was like, yeah. But at the time, I was very close with Malachi. So, you know, he's very, he's also an intimidating presence as it is. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, in a good way, not like in a bad way. So it was just Intimidating, like, but approachable. Yes. And then when you do talk to him, you're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just little. <laughs> so when uh, <laughs> I was just like, I, like, I wanted to tell him, but I didn't know how, like, he would think like, oh, like this little girl wants to 
join this big group with this group we're about to have. So I didn't really know how to approach it. So I told Jerry and I guess Jerry told him. And then he came to me, he's like, you want to join House of Black? Like, do you like the cheerleading stuff? I thought you liked the cheerleading stuff. And I was like, no, <laughs> I need something different. I need something new. I need something creative. I love dark shit. I love it all. I'm here for it. Like, I want to grow. And he was just like, oh, okay. Like, maybe draw how you would see the character that you would do and do a promo for me. And I love promos. I would love to talk more. But so I did a promo and I showed him. And he's like, oh, okay, you have something. And I was like, yes. And then it was just like, that was pretty much it. And I just kept the eye patch and I just sat for weeks and waited and waited. And I was like, when am I, when is this ever going to happen? Like, I was just, I honestly didn't know. I was just doing, coming to work and doing my job of just sitting on the steps. And I was just like, hopefully one day I can join. And like, everyone asked me like, what was I thinking? Like, I was thinking I want something more. <laughs> That's all I was thinking on those steps. So, and then it turned into what it is now. So it's crazy. I don't know. Well, let's talk about that moment where it was the big reveal. Clearly I was there. I got a bird's eye view. Yes. <laughs> was not happy with what happened, but you know what? Again, we'll put that to the side. When you missed it, Pac's face yes. on the pay-per-view, how did that feel? And did you know that that was the changing point and everything would change for you at th from that moving on? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know it was really happening till it happened. So I just, you know, I was always ready. I always had my black blazer and I always had my, always had my look ready just in case I never know when it's going to happen. So when I finally got told that this is what was going to happen, I was like, oh my gosh, it's finally happening at Double or Nothing on Pack, who's one of the greatest wrestlers ever. And I was just like, mm -hmm. I was so excited. And then my parents actually flew out to Las Vegas from Minnesota. I bought them a flight and it was just, it was so cool. It wasn't cool for my jacket. I will no. say, I have to tell you something you don't know. What? I debuted a new jacket that night, which was all white. Yeah. And I was no. so excited because I had it really detailed airbrush and it was great. So after you misted Pack. I go to help him out and then I get to the back and my jacket in the back is just covered with black mist. And I'm like, where did this come? And I'm like, oh, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> little, little fun fact. Were you able to get that out of your out of your jacket or did you have to retire it, Alex? No, that jacket is retired, but I oh. guess it's like a moment in history. I will always think of you when I see that jacket, Julia. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, when Malachi missed me on my varsity blonde jacket, I still have black all over it. And I actually have, I was wearing Converse that night and my, there's black all over them. And on the gear too, literally everything, there's just black mist all over. And I was like, I'm not going to wash this out. This could be something really cool in the long run to have like Malachi's mist all over the varsity blonde jacket. I don't know. Yeah. So I have some stuff ruined too. <laughs> Fair enough. Little piece of history. Yeah. We're all, we're all sharing in the fact that we've had gear ruined by somebody either misting or bleeding or whatever the hell. So <laughs> right. it's always a fun one. We're talking to Julia Hart on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about her background in cheerleading and how she got into wrestling. And we're back. It's Alex Aubrey here at Unrestricted with Julia Hart, the very evil, very conniving member of the House of Black. But she's okay. We're, we're being friendly today. So it's great to have you here, Julia. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thank you so much. So we've got a lot to talk about. But let's talk about 
your upbringing and you grew up in Minnesota. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you have a lot of theatrical training growing up? And obviously we talked about the fact that you were a cheerleader. Did you always know that you wanted to be a part of some sort of entertainment? Yes, I always knew I wanted to be in front of people because I would just, I remember being um, in church. I would imagine myself like doing cartwheels. You know, I was just always wanted to be in front of people. So with cheerleading, it really opened up the doors and being in front of people. I love being in front of people, especially because in school, I was just kind of like the girl that had my hoodie up and like, didn't like talking to people as much. So, and then when I would have my cheer uniform and makeup, people would be like, who is that? Like what happened to Julia? So I loved like mm -hmm. just being something else and making people smile. So I think when I was, I was 12 and I found professional wrestling and I was like, you get to be in front of people. You get to be athletic. You get to travel. You get to do all these things. Like it sounded like everything I ever wanted. So I always knew I wanted to be a professional wrestler and then cheerleading really made me comfortable with being in front of people and stuff. So cheerleading definitely helped a lot. Were, were your parents always supportive of the fact you wanted to be a wrestler? Yes, they were always very supportive. They believed in me. If it wasn't for them, my parents are great, but... Yeah, if it wasn't for them. So even though you kind of like said no to the electric guitar, they were still like, they still had your back. They're like, oh, you can still be a rock star just in a different way. <laughs> I mean, Jericho proves you can be a rock star and a wrestler. Yep. So there's, there's, so still, true. there's still hope for you. Yeah, my dad loves Jericho. Again, I, I definitely think you got to play that ukulele once to the ring or, or use it as a foreign object. Because I mean, why not? Shh, don't tell me. Yeah, that. and they're only like 30 bucks. So it's like, oh, you can easily just easily. Yeah, that's right. We break more expensive shit all the time. <laughs> yeah. This is true. So let's talk about how you got involved uh, in the Nightmare Factory. How did you meet QT? How did you find out about it? And uh, what was your experience like there? I It was during COVID. And in Minnesota, literally everything was shut down. I had started the Indies literally right when COVID hit. So I think I did like three or four indie shows. And then COVID hit. I remember my gear had just came right when COVID hit. And I was like, oh my gosh. Every time I wanted to get into wrestling, like something would always happen. Either an injury from cheer or school or then COVID. So I was just like, oh my gosh, I just need to be consistent. I need someone to kick my ass. And I just want to be a professional wrestler. Like, how can I get there? And I saw like, the Nightmare Factory pop up. I, like, I looked up wrestling schools that are open and the Nightmare Factory popped up. And I was like, I'll just apply just for fun. Like, I'll just apply, send in a resume, whatever. And like, they're like, okay, like you'll hear from us from two weeks. And it was two weeks and I didn't hear anything. And I was just like, all right, like it didn't work out, whatever. And then it was after, I think my 19th birthday. And I got an email from Carolyn, QT's wife. I'm saying, hey, like, are you still interested? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. And I ran out to my parents and I'm like, they just asked me if I wanted to come. And I was, they were like, no way. Like, holy crap. And I remember I was saving up for a new car. I had been saving up for like a year. And I was like, this is all the money I have. I'm going to take all of it and spend it on the school and move down to Georgia. I'll move into an Airbnb. And I just had just the right amount of money, like literally to the dollar of the Airbnb expensive and the school expensive to pay for it. So it was just like, it was meant to be. And then I was at the Nightmare Factory for three months. They're consistently worked my butt off. 
And then the week after that, they were like, we want you to come to TV. And I was like, uh, wow. <laughs> and then I had been at TV ever since. So it was like, it was just so, it moved so fast and so crazy. And I didn't know anybody in Georgia. I didn't know a single soul. I didn't have a job. I was just like, I'm moving to Georgia. Wow. And then there was a Jamba Juice across the street from my Airbnb, which I worked at in Minnesota for three years. <laughs> and I walked in there and I go, hey, I used to be a manager in Minnesota. Do you guys need anyone? And they're like, yes, <laughs> we do. We're actually low staffed. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I know how to do everything. And they were like, oh my gosh, okay. So then I just worked at Jamba all day and then I'd go to Nightmare Factory at night. <laughs> like, do you ever have to pinch yourself to think of how everything just lined up so perfectly for you right place right time for everything and i just i'm just like blessing every day it's so crazy it's so crazy when you think about like your start in wrestling moving so quickly mm-hmm. and then the hurry up and wait of sitting on the stairs on tv every week like now i'm kind of like understanding like why that was you're like no this is supposed to go fast like what the hell's going on guys and it's like yeah. no this is the hurry up and wait part of wrestling like yeah you still at least get to be on TV every week, which is which is dope. Yeah. So I know one of the things that you started showing up at TV, you had this whole like cheerleader persona. And I know that Cody made you talk to Tony Khan like your first day there. He did. Do you remember that moment, that conversation? I do. I remember it exactly because my first match was with Kylan King. It was really fun I for my first one. And I felt pretty good about it. And then I came back and Cody was like, good job, kid. Like, I want you to talk to Tony. And I was like, what? Mm. Like, I'm already so, like, flustered of just having a match. And I felt really good about it. So then he was like, just go up to him and say thank you. And I was like, uh, hi, Tony. Um, Thank you so much for the opportunity. And he was like, you know, Tony's just the nicest guy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for coming. And I'm like, uh-huh. And then Dustin <laughs> was standing right there. And I like walk maybe two steps and Dustin grabs me by the shoulders. And I'd never met Dustin. Grabs me by the shoulders and goes, you need to calm down, kid. <laughs> I was just like, ah, okay. That's the most Dustin thing. <laughs> I was like, you need to calm down. And I was like, okay. I don't know what just happened. Like, that was all just so crazy. <laughs> that was pretty much it. I just, I just remember Dustin saying, like, calm down. Oh, my gosh. I was like, you just need to talk to Tony. It's my first day here. <laughs> I was like, what, what's going on? Yeah, you were certainly thrown into the fire right away. Definitely. Yeah. Now we know on Instagram that your boyfriend, Lee Johnson, obviously part of AEW. Mm -hmm. uh, Did you meet Lee here in AEW? And do you find it kind of difficult separating work life and kind of home life? Or or how is that for you? It's honestly great. We're also like, actually, I should correct you. We are engaged. Whoa! Congratulations. Thank you. I I know it just... Now it sounds weird saying boyfriend. I'm like, what? He's my fiance. Nobody really knows that, but we also don't care. But we also didn't make like a huge post about it. Anyway, we did meet at the Nightmare Factory. We were just friends at first. And then one day he asked me, he's like, hey, do you want to like get pizza and like watch wrestling? And I was like, sure. Like, I didn't really have any friends in Georgia. So I was like, sure, I'm not doing anything. And then next thing you know, we literally hanging out till 7 a.m just talking and just clicking having the best time ever i think the next day was the showcase for the nightmare factory and then i actually left for a week so it was like we just clicked and then i had to go back to minnesota and then he's the one that told me i was actually supposed to come to tv because he's like hey they're talking about you at the school saying you're supposed to be at tv i was like what 
He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll move down to Georgia. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then we hung out literally every single day and probably weren't apart for like months. And, but work life and real life is, we have a really good like separation of it. And yeah, he's the best. I don't know. I just couldn't ask for anyone better. He's, he's like my dream man. He just has a, he has everything I could ask for in a guy. So great <laughs> i can't wait for him to come back i know i i miss the guy he's so so good and has just like yeah. a huge like bright future in front of him and it's like man i miss this guy we need to see him at tv again yeah i want to point out like just how chill julia is because she's like oh yeah we're engaged like she, you've been engaged for months yeah and you kind of just didn't make a big deal about it and, like i found out we're, i'm sitting like waiting for makeup and you're in the makeup chair and i'm like wait a minute is there like a ring on your finger you're like, oh yeah we we got engaged. Like it's just like a casual, like oh whatever. By the way, yeah, yeah, just you know me and me and Lee. Like we've had weddings of coworkers on TV, and just like yeah, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> which I absolutely love. Yeah, and I think for us and for like me personally, like everything's on the internet, and this is something that hasn't gone on the internet, which I'm surprised. But we also have yeah. twenty people, so it's kind of cool. But I also don't care if people know. We just like. It's just like, it's just for us. Like, we're just so happy together and that's all that matters. So we don't need anyone else's opinion or anything. So it's just like, sorry, my dog will not stop throwing this little toy in my lap. And it's <laughs> insane. What kind of dog do you have? She's um, a mini poodle. Aww. Oh, there we go. She looks pretty big for being mini. Yeah, she's about like. 15 pounds. Ah, she's adorable. Her name is Snacks because she's a little snack. (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) That's absolutely wonderful. We're talking to Julia Hart and Snacks here on AEW (laughs) Unrestricted. Coming up, we've got lots and lots of fan questions. This is AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Alex talking to Julia. And during the break, we're talking about snacks, a wonderful dog that's trying to, you know, sneak into the camera frame. You also found out you have a snake? Yes. Yeah, snacks and snakes. What's this about, Julia? Yes, <laughs> my little snake, Jude. And I named him after the Beatles song, Hey Jude, so that when I'd walk in my room, I could start singing, Hey Jude. Oh, I don't know. I, you know have you told but... Jake this? Have you gotten some advice from him? Actually, my my first day at AAW, he was one of the first people I saw, and it's the first thing I said. I said, Hey Jake. Big fan of yours. I actually have a pet snake. <laughs> and he talked to me for maybe 30 minutes and told me stories about his snakes and how he hated snakes. And I was like, oh, actually. <laughs> yeah, I can actually, I'll grab them. Hold on. Yeah. Let's see the oh, snake. yes, please. I love that this isn't the first time we've had reptiles on AEW Unrestricted. Yeah, it's like a zoo at times here on Unrestricted. It is. Which we love. We love, and it's reason enough to watch the video versions that release every Monday on the podcast because you get to see people's adorable pets, people's adorable kids, and Alex's adorable face. So, oh well, thank you. I appreciate You're that. Well, look at this snake. Whoa, that is hey. a cool looking snake. Yeah, he's a ball oh, python. Hello, Jude. And he's a, he's three years old. Is he full grown? No, he's he's probably snacks. Get down from this dog's room. <laughs> <laughs> My dog's like, wow, he's about. Almost two feet long. He probably has like another foot grow. He's like me. He just likes to lay around and not do much. <laughs> How big will he eventually get? Maybe like three feet, and he could probably get like this big around. Whoa! He's about that size. Wow! 
He's beautiful. He's pretty, though. How long do snakes live? He could live to like 30 years if I kept him for long. But I think after maybe 12, I don't know what it is, but I don't know if I can keep him forever. Or, I don't know, but it's a commitment. <laughs> I'll have him forever. So. Hey, dude. You going to sing the song, Aubrey? No, I don't sing. <laughs> I just yell numbers at people. I don't sing. <laughs> I don't sing either. I wanted to get another snake and either name it Sexy Sadie, like the Beatles song, or Prudence, because I love, I don't know, I love the Beatles, so. You should bring Jude out during one of your entrances. You could be like the uh, the House of Black's official uh, snake. Yeah, I actually did say something about that, but they said with animal rights. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, it's a little bit tricky. Yeah, and I was like, Oh, but this is like mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, no, I'm I'm the guardian. Like, I'll sign whatever forms necessary. Yeah, I was like, what? Like, but I also don't know how traveling with it would be. Yeah, that's a great Jake the Snake question. Well, I did ask him a question. He just said, "Throw it in a bag and throw it in there." And I was like, oh my <laughs> Boy, times have changed. Someone opens up the carry-on <laughs> thing above the the airplane, and they're yeah. like, "Why is this bag moving?" Like, I was like, oh, "No wonder why your snakes are always so mad." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like with pythons, like if you just act like a tree, it'll think you're it's just on a tree. Like it's not gonna he's not gonna try and hurt me or anything. He's never bit me either. I've never been bitten. I'm gonna put him back really quick. All right, there you go. Good night, Jude. All right, first question from Beast Wrestler 21. Which House of Black member has been the most influential in the change of aggression and moves that you use when wrestling? Oh, gosh, maybe all of them. But I think the one I talked to the most is definitely Brody. Me and Brody are pretty close. He's like, I was calling my wrestling dad. I'm always making sure I'm okay. I'd say Malachi, he's more of a, like a coach. He's this is how you do this, 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 this. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then Buddy's like a brother. He'll make sure my thing, like everything's okay. But he's just like, hey, kid. And like, and I'm just like, <laughs> so that's how I just remember. Buddy's my brother. Brody's my dad. Malachi's my coach. <laughs> so we have a question from Coveting Demons, very appropriately named. Nice. They want to know, how do you feel about when people cosplay as your Black of, or excuse me, House of Black character? Have you seen this? Yeah, there's one girl who cosplays me a lot actually and she went to a convention as me and i thought that was so cool i was like what like that's me that's so cool <laughs> yeah i think it's dope i love it all right keep keep it up cosplayers yeah it's one of those like i would think like it's an easy cosplay a lot like uh the kids who dress up as like darby or orange cassidy it's yeah. like yeah we'll just put some like creepy makeup on and wear a stevie nicks hat and then you're julia hart congrats and a black blazer <laughs> can't forget the blazer black blazer that's the key thing all <laughs> yeah, right the blazer we got a question from Moore's Dio's. Did Malachi and Brody force you to listen to a bunch of black metal to prepare for this role? <laughs> and if so, how long until you start trying to do metal screams in the car when driving? Oh my gosh, they didn't. But I remember um, the first day of me joining and we did a, a meet and greet. I remember riding in the car and we were listening to some heavy stuff and I was just like, Oh shit. Like, I don't really know what they're saying, but okay. <laughs> and then I think a fan asked, like, the same question, like, oh, what do I listen to? And I was just like, I listen to like 80s hair, hair metal bands. <laughs> My dad would make me listen to like Poison. Does that count? But yeah, Poison's great. Yeah, Poison, Kiss, Def Leppard, Def Leppard, Van Halen, all the monsters yeah. of ballads uh, artists. 
Yeah, I was obsessed with Guitar Hero growing up. So mm. good game. It was my jam. So we have a really good question from Francisco Ortiz, which is not our not our Ortiz. Want to make sure to to preface that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know what does the black mist taste like. Oh gosh, I didn't really taste like anything. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't remember it tasting mm. anything. Does it stain your teeth at all? Yeah. I don't know if you saw after <laughs> I after I did it and I smiled. Mm-hmm. I thought my teeth were going to be much more black. And then I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I looked like. <laughs> like my teeth were like half black. Like they were gray. And I was like, I need to go brush my teeth. <laughs> Fair. Like if you drink a bottle of wine and then you end up having like weird you don't know this because you're so young um, <laughs> yeah. you end up having like crazy colored teeth yeah if you drink too much wine so it's kind of the same thing so wine and black mist uh both have the ability to affect the color of your teeth apparently you hear heard it here first scoops AEW unrestricted <laughs> mr fix asks if julia could pick one other woman in aew to be in the house of black as her tag team partner who would she choose Ooh, i always think about them actually i would probably either say abaddon or Penelope. Good choices. Ooh. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah. Spooky, spooky. Those definitely would be the two. Because Penelope and I, like, from the back sometimes, like, it looked like we could be sisters. And I think we could be, like, the weird sisters or something, like, cool and creepy like that. Or, like, or me and Abaddon, like, she could be, like, my little zombie pet and I have her on a leash. And I just tell her to go. And then she does her thing and crawls and creepy spooky yeah definitely those two just maybe you control her with your ukulele yeah i summon her with my yeah that's right you summon abaddon with your ukulele (laughs) that's great abaddon's got a snake around her (laughs) yeah i like it see we're discovering all these wonderful possibilities here on unrestricted (laughs) so thomas barnes jackson wants to know do you regret leaving the varsity blondes and are you still friends with them deep question here I don't regret it at all. <laughs> There's not one part of me that regrets it at all. No. And um still friends with them? Uh I don't know. Uh, I don't really talk to them much. So I don't I also haven't seen them in a long time. They haven't been at TV in a while, so I don't know. But yeah, not not a part of me regrets it. Like I can't say that. I think it's one of those like everyone even outside of like your former tag team partners, I think everyone's just really excited to see your growth as a wrestler, as a character and kind of all these things. So even when like there is that split, it's kind of one of those bittersweet moments of like, oh, well, this is done. But also like, I'm really happy for her. So yeah, I definitely know that Griff and Pillman are kind of in the same boat. Yeah, I definitely when it happened, I was like, end of an era. Like, that's so weird. Like, I'm never going to wear my varsity jackets again. Or, like, I'm never going to be a cheerleader again. It was almost like I was closing a chapter of cheerleading as well. Because Mm -hmm. I did the character because I was so comfortable with being a cheerleader. And it was just something easy. And I actually quit cheerleading for wrestling. And I thought I wanted to say thank you to cheer by doing a cheer gimmick. Because I loved Mm -hmm. it was literally my life for so long. But it was just honestly, I was like, I need to close this chapter of my life and close the yearbook. And... Go to college, you know, the House of Black. <laughs> there you go. You graduated. <laughs> yeah, I graduated. People go to college. They start experimenting with stuff. The yeah. personalities change. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Well, thank you, Julia. Wanted to thank you for being here today. This is awesome. Thank you. You're so such 
a wonderful, warm, bubbly person, but also so chill and just laid back. Such a great, great part of the locker room. So I'm so happy you were able to do this today. Thank you. I had so much fun. <laughs> great. Thank you, Julia. So you can follow Julia on Instagram and Twitter at the Julia Hart. You can listen and follow this podcast, AEW Unrestricted for free, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast app is. We're probably there. And you can check out the video versions where you can see Snacks and Jude and Crazy Dog Toys. We have new episodes every Monday. You can see Julia on Elevation Mondays, Dark Tuesdays, Dynamite, No Longer Sitting on Stairs, Wednesdays, and Rampage on Fridays. We're all over the place. You can watch us. And yes, here with my special co-host, Alex Abrahentes, I'm Aubrey Edwards. Thank you for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted, got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got the big space pumping, make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out.